Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today we have a great show with Heidi Cortez and her little boy, Lex. What an amazing journey you and your husband, Leo, went on to become parents. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk a little bit. Just, just jump right into it. Let's talk about the story. Why did you choose adoption? So my husband and I were trying to have children for a while, and uh, it wasn't happening, and we had several options before us, and we decided adoption was the best option. And so I had a connection with Africa, and we uh, decided to um, do adopt from Africa. How did you choose that country? Uh, so my aunt was connected with a orphanage in Uganda. Okay. And I had heard just horrible things that were happening to babies in Uganda, babies being left out on the street, um, dying. Uh, and so I called the agency that they were working through and that program um, for us was kind of shut. And so they said, why don't you go to the DRC? And um, that's why we ended up choosing the DRC. Just because we had such a heart for what was happening over there, um, heard that basically if these children don't get adopted, there's really no hope for them. Um, and so it just broke our hearts and we wanted to um, help out and adopt from that country. I lived in Uganda for three years. Oh, yeah. So whenever I see a baby come home from Africa, just my yeah. heart is so happy yeah. because really it is a terrible life out there yeah. and babies are thrown to the curb for yeah. such minute reasons. Yeah. You know, I remember working in an orphanage and, um, twins came in cause the yeah. mom did not want them because they tested positive for HIV. Yeah. They waited a couple of months, tested the babies again. They were negative. The only reason they tested positive was because she had been breastfeeding. So the breast milk, Right. Made a positive HIV yeah. test. So forever they were orphans until yeah. somebody adopted them just because of one mistake. Yes. And so you see that all over the place. Yes. So tell me once you decided mm -hmm. we're going to go to this country, we're going to yep. do this. What did that look like? What was the process? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, a million things that you have to get done. Uh, several background checks, working through your home study. Um, and so we got all of that ready eventually and um, were approved through the program with our agency. And I don't know if you want me to just continue telling the story. Yeah, or, absolutely. Uh, so um, we got everything all lined up, um, everything, um, all of our paperwork in. And then we heard um, that the DRC was basically closing its borders and... Um, they said, you know, we're going to just put a moratorium on issuing um, what were called exit visas, which is basically the last thing you need to take your child out of the country. Um, they put a stop on that, um, you know, early on in our process. And so, okay, what happens to your money at that point? At that point, um, we, you know, we've already paid our referral fees. Okay. Um, we accepted our referral for Lex and, um, you know, we had chosen him and then we heard that it was, there was a stop on the, the process. And so the money is just still there. And they said that, um, if things still continue to go South, we could apply it towards a different program. Okay. Okay, good. So but, that is an option because yeah. some people, yeah. when it closes, they've lost all their money. Yes. And the child, and it's horribly yeah. 
you know, a horrible story for them. So right. not in your agency. Your agency said, yes. we're going to apply it to a different adoption if this yeah. one falls through. Okay. But at that point, I mean, once you receive your referral and we receive pictures and we received a video of him playing with the cell phone and just, it was like almost instant love with us. And it's like, I we're not going to get... We're not going right. to say no to this child. And so, um, you know, even if when it really did start to get hard, we're like, we're so connected. He's our son. We've said it from the beginning and we're not going to change that. So how old was he when you were matched? We were, he was four months old. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So he was just a little guy. Um, and they give you his health records. Um, you start to learn more of their story as they continue to dig into, you know, their background. Um, so you find out more about them. You continue to get photos of them. You start paying for their medical bills. Um, you send them care packages. You're building a relationship right. across the ocean with this child. Can you go over there? You can. Um, it's I mean, of course, traveling to Africa is incredibly expensive. Right. Um, And I believe that you have to wait until um, they're officially, you're approved in the Congo courts and they're technically your child before you can really like take them. Like we could have visited him in the orphanage, but we couldn't have have to leave him. him. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Which would be so, so hard. Yes. So from four months on, did he see your picture? We sent him um, care packages. Um, so he was seeing pictures of us. We sent him pictures of our dogs so he could get to know them too. Um, and, you know, things like vitamins. Okay. I mean, conditions in Congolese orphanages are really rough. They sometimes only get one meal a day. They're sleeping on floors. Like he ended up getting malaria when he was in the orphanage. Um, luckily, like, you know, our agency is on top of that. So they were able to get him the medical care that he needed. But you're really like almost in fear just because, you know, you're so far away from them. Right. And you're loving them and you want to be with them. Yes. So from four months, you're matched. Yeah. And you brought him home a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And how old is he now? He's two and a half. Why did it take so long? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, the Congo put a moratorium on issuing exit visas, which basically they continued to give lots of different reasons as to why they did that. Um, I think the first was that they um, felt like there were children that were being smuggled out of the country and they wanted right. to get a hold of their adoption laws. And to do that, they were going to put a pause on um you know, finalizing adoptions until they felt like they had a good grasp of their adoption laws. Um, We later started to figure out, though, that that was kind of a changing story. And they were almost using these children as like power plays. And um, what our agency believed, what other people believed to be, you know, a short process, what they even said, you know, in September, the following September, it would be lifted, the ban would be lifted, you'd be able to get your children, which worked great with our timeline. Um, They didn't hold true to their word. And, you know, we continue to wait. So our adoption was finalized January of last year. And we just now got him. So he was technically our son, January of last year, and we had to wait until he he was approved for an exit letter, which just happened like three months ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mom, tell me the yeah. tears. Like, were you just yeah. crying all the time, missing him? Well, and I think it was longing to be with him, but also 
afraid that we may never get him because you are literally at the mercy of a sovereign country that can pull the plug on your adoption at any moment. And you've already connected with this child. You know that if like we, we were paying at that time, we were paying for his foster care fees. So he was in a, in a, in a good home. Like we were paying for his food, um, all of that medical, everything. And so you're basically taking care of him as a parent, but unable to parent him. And that is just such a hard, hard, hard place to right. be. Especially because this is your first baby. So it's not like yeah. you had a couple other ones that you were taking care of and yeah. really hoping for. This is the baby that made you yes. parents. Yes. So you are waiting to become parents for yes. such a long, long time. Yeah. Was there a time in there where you thought, I can't do it anymore? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then it's like, you know, if, if I give up on him, then what's going to happen to him? And right. we were so, and so I think I came to a point where I said, if I have to pay for his foster care fees till he's 18, I will. Like, right. Like, it's almost like you just have to draw a line in the sand and just say, this is our son. And we're going to do whatever it takes because we're his parents. So, okay. So you get the call. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago that you can go and get him. Yeah. Did somebody bring him over? Or did you go over to Africa? We went to Africa and got him. Um, it's quite the process to go and get all of that taken care of. There's so many documentation that you need. Um, but we decided, um, you know, it was, we were going to use an escort originally. And okay. Has, so that still happens. Yeah. Escorts still yep. go and get the children. Okay. Yep. And you, you find someone through your agency, someone that you can trust that can bring your child over. Um, and we were going to do that, but it kept getting delayed. And and we're like, we don't want to be without our son any longer. And so we decided, I think it was just one evening. We're like, let's just go. We're just going to go get him. And we originally planned to do that from the beginning. And we were just trying to figure out the quickest way to bring him home. And so that was the quickest way for us to bring him home. And so we ended up going to Kinshasa to get him. How long were you there? We were there for a little over a week. Um, oh, that's not long. Nope, not long. So the paperwork was done at that point. You didn't have to mostly go to the country done. and fight. Yeah, and, okay. it was mostly done. We had already been approved for an exit letter. So we were set to go and get everything taken care of. And so um, it was just walking through those final logistics steps and then bringing him home. Okay, tell me about the moment you see him. Um the first moment I saw him, it was shock. Like it was just almost like like un an unreal feeling of the person that you've been seeing in pictures. And we were actually Skyping with him, you know, on a weekly basis. So we were somewhat connecting to him. And um, he knew you. Yeah, I would say in a sense, he knew us, he knew our faces. Um, he, they told us, you're gonna meet your mama and papa today. Um, they told him that. Um, and so, the moment we saw him, we were just in shock. And then all of a sudden it just hit both of us. Like I'm holding him. Yeah. Of course he like cried, you know, because it was like, uh, you know, like it, he was unsure about us, right, you know, right. which we totally understood and we were ready for that. But, um, he settled in and I just held him and it just hit me. And I just held him for the longest time after that and didn't want to let him go. That is the best story ever. <laughs> he is so cute. He's here with us right now. He's being so adorable <laughs> and so quiet. But if you would like to see pictures, you can go on Adoption Now Facebook and you can see pictures of Heidi, Leo, and little Lex. And what I love about your family is that you're like so interracial. Yes. Yes. Because where is Leo from? Um, so my husband's Filipino. Okay. Yeah. And he was born and raised here? Uh, he was born um, actually in Germany. Um, his father was in the army. Oh my goodness. So um, 
yeah, we're just from all over the place. Yeah, you know, yeah. we talk about on our other shows being um, a family that has so many different cultures, and yes. wherever you go, people are staring at you trying yes. to figure it out. And I can't even imagine yeah. when they're looking at the Filipino dad, this yeah. white Caucasian mother, yeah. and then an African child. <laughs> right? Do people stop you all the time? Um, we get stopped a little bit, and there have been some questions like, "Is this your child?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, it's my child. He's with are you me. babysitting? We yeah. get that. Are you babysitting?" I'm like. No, no, we're not babysitting at Walmart. Yeah. These are our kids. Yep, exactly. That's where it happened to me, too, was at Walmart. Um, but mostly, I mean, people are, are really respectful. And, you know, we haven't ran into a, a whole lot of, we're still new at this, though. So right. We have a long ways to go. We'll see But people happens. do stop you yeah. wherever you go. And they yeah. may be very kind, but you're yeah. always being watched. Have you yes. noticed that difference? Yes. Yes. You don't sneak around anymore. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, what is that family doing? What are they buying? How are they responding when their kids are not acting correctly? Right. So it's like, okay, when we're going to go out, family, everybody's going to be staring. Now, my kids are used to it, and they kind of like wave at everybody like on parade. Yeah. Hello, world. (laughs) Watch me, you know. (laughs) But it is a big shock to know. Only become parents. Yes. You guys went to Africa. Yes. So you had this cultural experience coming and then coming back here. Yep. And now you are working on real attachment with yeah. them, which has to be such a difference than, yeah. you know, someone else's story who had a biological child and, right. you know, right. had that nine months. Yes. This is totally different. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how Heidi and Leo are really bonding to Lex. Heidi's going to give us some advice on international adoption. You're listening to Adoption Now with April Fallon. is tuned to the mighty 670 KLT Denver. Well, you know, the twins, they have just had one sickness after another for the last, I don't know, two months. And it makes them real whiny and upset all the time. And, you know, they're not sleeping. I keep telling my husband, I, I just, I can't take it anymore. All of us have had seasons when it feels like we just can't go on. But if we're doing what God has called us to do, we can go on. God says this in His Word, My grace is sufficient for you. You've probably heard that verse before, but when it comes to the tough circumstances of life, do you really believe it? His grace is sufficient for every moment, every circumstance, every detail, every need, and every failure in my life. God's divine resources are available to meet your need. His grace really is sufficient. With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. Faith and Family Radio, KLT Denver. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. My guest today is Heidi Cortez, who adopted a little boy from the DRC. So how long has Lex been home? He has been home for a little over a month, um, and honestly, things are going great. Uh, we are getting along a lot better. He's a typical two-year-old, though. I mean, that's the main thing we notice with him. So, Yes, and he's adjusting to a whole new life yes. here. Yes. What's his favorite food? His favorite, well, I, he loves fun fruits. That's 
or we call them fun fruits, but they're fruit snacks. Oh, those little yes. Yeah. What kid doesn't love those? I know they're so delicious. Yeah. My my two year old also would like to live on fruit <laughs> snacks. Yeah, fruit snacks, fruit snacks. Yeah. Um, has he had any big changes? Have you seen any difficulties? The main thing I think is everything is a new environment for him. Everything is a new experience for him. So putting him in his car seat, like the first time he just screamed, like, and we had a hard time consoling him. Like it was not even just like, I'm crying in my car seat. It was like, he's like trying to pull it off of him. And like, we're like in the car and we're, you know, trying to keep him as safe as we possibly can. And so everything is for him is a new experience. And we've noticed, you know, a pattern and, you know, it takes him a couple times and then he mellows out and does okay. But, um, that I think has definitely been, a challenge for him coming home. What about sleeping? Does he sleep? Sleeping has actually been good. We started him with a pack and play in our room just because we didn't want him to be alone. He was used to a group home in um, the DRC where he slept with several other children. And so we didn't want to put him by himself. Um, but we actually ended up finding out that he slept better in his own room and now sleeps through the night um, and does really well. And how did they teach you to attach? What are some of the practical things that they said to do with him? Yeah, I think a lot of holding. Um, You know, we held him a lot, especially in Congo. We held him a lot. We continued to hold him a lot. Um, Lots of affection, uh, you know, just being very generous with that. Um, One thing that we're finding is just the language barrier. I mean, he's two and a half, so he... um, so he, he's with us. So yeah. <laughs> here he is. He's so cute. You can see a picture of him on Adoption Now's Facebook. Um, he's doing really, really well for two years old, though. Hardly like <laughs> he's doing talking. good. Yeah, he's doing good. But we do notice a language barrier. Like as I was saying, um, he speaks. Uh, his mother language is Lingala, and so we've had to learn a few words in Lingala. Oh, good. Um, he sometimes though will just go off on rants in Lingala, and I'm like, I can't keep up with what you're saying. And sometimes I'm like, What did I just agree to? Because I didn't know what you just said. So um, that I think has also been a frustration for him though, is because he's trying trying to communicate what he used to be able to communicate and people understood him and now he's talking to us and we don't understand each other. And so I've had to do a lot of things like, can you show me what you want? And he knows what that means. So um, he'll point to what he wants and he's learned a lot of nonverbal cues. And we we do a lot of just talking around him, a lot of reading just so he gets used to English as well. Right, right. I remember when we were teaching English over in Uganda, we use puppets. So the puppet would say the word in English and I would say the word and the puppet and I would talk and for some reason they responded more to the puppet yeah. than me just teaching them. Yeah. I also remember trying to learn Luganda is the language okay. mostly used in Uganda and little kids would teach me yeah. things to say and then I would say them to an adult but I would say them like a little kid because a three-year-old taught me. Yes. So it'd be like if yes. you wanted a cookie but a three-year-old said cookie you'd be like I want cookie and yeah. they were looking at me like 
why is she talking yeah. like a baby? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let three-year-olds teach me. I'm going to go to yes. adults. Yes. <laughs> but it's so good. And it really makes me so happy to hear that you are trying to pick up those words. Yeah. A lot of times when an American family will get a child, mm-hmm. they want that child to be American right now. Right. And right. that is a process. Yeah. And so going into their world, yes. what a blessing that you were able to go to the country, even yes. though it was harder. Yes. You know where he came from. Absolutely. You saw his sleeping conditions you met those people yeah you learn some words to help him feel like he's not completely abandoning yes that part of his life and children do let that go yeah probably won't even remember any of that yeah but right now that's his world yeah and so they say even sometimes when a child comes over they actually grieve even Mm -hmm. if it was a very um bad situation they will grieve that part of their life so how have they taught you to kind of work that through with him and how do you even know he's two yeah and i think that's been hard because we have to decipher what is normal two-year-old behavior versus what is you know legitimate fear or sadness um you know there are times when he's just throwing a tantrum because he didn't get his fruit snacks like that and that's very clear but then there are times when like i can just see fear in his eyes and i just want to hold him in those times where you know, it looks a little deeper than just, I didn't get what I wanted. Right. It is really hard because a lot of times when you have friends who don't have adopted children, they just tell you, oh, he's fine. Or you really have to go with your gut instinct as an adoptive parent, because you know, when he's not fine, you know, when that two-year-old is not responding like a normal two-year-old, you just know that he needs something a little bit more. Right. And so having a community of people yeah. who have also adopted, have you noticed that that has helped you? Yeah, absolutely. And I've um, connected with a lot of the moms who used our agency and also a lot of the moms who um, also adopted from the DRC. And so to have a community of not just international right. um, adoptive parents, but also parents who adopted from the same country has been super helpful because we are able to pick up on um, you know, very similar behaviors. One of the things I really struggled with at the very beginning of our, um, when we got him was he attached immediately to my husband right? and would not let me hold him, you know, would hit, hit me when I tried to hold him, um, really pushed me away in a lot of ways. And that was, um, difficult, but I was able to reach out to that community and found that a lot of other moms went through the same thing, found that you know, them rejecting the mother figure was a very common occurrence, especially in that country. And so um, that was encouraging to know that, okay, there's not something wrong with me, right? which, you know, you can start going there, but to, um, to hear that other women were in the same area was very helpful. It's very common across the board with adopting an older child, the child will go to the husband. Mm -hmm. And the husband is like so happy. And the mom, I mean, I remember this happened to us and I was just so sad. I'm trying to tell him, this is really hard for me in the day. And my husband's like, oh, but he's just so great. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but so it was a struggle even between my husband and I trying to understand how how are we going to parent if he's only going to you? Right. But just understanding that that child has had memories with a female, probably very few memories with a male. And so they can connect quickly because there's no pain there. Yes. But with you, there's pain. Yeah. And so we actually get the harder job. But when we break through, 
we heal that child. Right. You know, mothering a child the right way will then heal those that painful memory. So we actually get right. a better job. It's just so much harder. And I tell families that a lot that are going to adopt internationally when the mom is like, and then I'm just going to pick them up and it's going to yes. be so perfect. Yes. It will be, but you're yeah. going to have to be ready to work. It's a fight. Yeah. And you feel rejected and you feel kind of cast aside and you have to push past all of those feelings and just say, I'm going to love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to love you through this. And I kept telling myself, I, I had to just keep telling myself, it's going to get better. This is just a fate. You know, like he's going to work through this because I think in that moment you're thinking, is this how it's going to be? Like, is my right. child never going to love me? Right. And that's a, that was a fear that I had just looking at him. Like, I'm like, is this, am I, are we never going to bond? And I, I had to kind of get past that and say, no, it's going to happen. It's going to get better. We just have to work through this. And hearing, you know, other moms who have came out of it and said that they had made so much progress was very helpful just because you're like, okay, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because in those first weeks, you're like, you feel like just, for one, coming home from an international trip, feeling so jet lagged. Right. Um, we had a lot of adventure in Kinshasa. And so we were just emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted. And then to have, you know, a child on top of that, you're dealing with so many emotions and um, you definitely need that encouragement and be able to see the hope in, in those situations. For right. Sure. Now, what would you say to people who know someone who's brought a child home? What are some things that are difficult? I know we talked a little bit about um, everyone wants to come over and see him. Yeah. But you can't have everyone in your home because yeah. right now he's learning your parent. You yeah. are the parents. Yes. And that's a lesson that people don't think about because yes. every white person probably right now might yeah. look like his mom. Right. You know, anybody with blonde hair. Right. He might say, is this? So he really has to know your voice and yeah. learn that. And so having people come in and out, was that hard to try to explain? Yeah. And I think too, just saying, you know, only... Like my husband was really good. He he would say, "We're only gonna let um, Heidi feed him right now." Right. Because and especially me because we were working on me bonding with right. him, and that was a huge way to bond with him was through food. And so um, he had to you know tell family members, tell friends, you know, only Heidi's gonna feed him right now, or. Um, we're only going to have us hold him mm-hmm. because everyone wanted to hold him. I mean, he's the cutest kid in Africa. It's mm-hmm. like, of course they wanted to hold him. And he was, you know, very charismatic with our friends. And so they're like, oh, this is great. Welcome to the family. And we're like, you know, had to kind of put the brakes on that for especially the first few weeks and be like, no, we're only going to be the ones holding him right now. So you have to definitely just be ready to set boundaries and, you know. And just tell people, hey, this is the way that it's way different than bringing a child home from the hospital. Yes. Would you do this again? I don't know if I would at this point. We had a we had a rough journey, um, especially with the international component of it. Um, It was very financially trying, emotionally trying. And so um, but I look at him and I. I am so glad that we went through this. So who knows? We'll we'll see. We'll see. He's like, is this interview done? Is this inter- Can I go home and have some fruit snacks? Thank you so much for being here. I think you shed a lot of light on, you know, bringing home a child from another country and just how hard it is, but how rewarding. And yeah. look at this little boy. I and know. I can tell that he loves you. Even when yeah. we tried to move the stroller and he was crying, he wanted to be near you because you have now brought him to a safe place. Yeah. And I can't wait to see him grow up and just see who God created him to be. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us.
If you would like to tell your story, please contact us at adoption-now.com. You can check us out on Facebook and see a great picture of this whole family that we've just interviewed, Leo, Heidi, and Lex. And if you want to hear any more stories that we've told or have a friend that would be interested in adoption or like to hear stories, you can subscribe to our podcast and iTunes under Adoption Now. Thanks for joining us on Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for today's Adoption Now. If you would like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com or find it on Facebook. And join us next week at the same time as we share another adoption story on 670 AM KLTT.